turn the lights down low, grab a bottle of wine, and cuddle up to your marital sex aid doll of Stuart Wellington. Because tonight the flop house is taking on Valentine's Day. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. Yay! We're, we're back here. Oh. Yep, we're back again. The original threesome, except not the original threesome. Mm-hmm. The twosome threesome. Yep, the original peaches. So three guys named Mo. <laughs> yeah. Tony, Tony, Tony. So we watched the movie <laughs> Threesome and tonight. Naked Gun thirty three and a third. Um, the three Cruxeros. Yeah, there you go. Um, What's going on? Tracy Lee Brace. <laughs> Tracy Morgan. <laughs> oh man, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna help you guys out with your riffing. Three PO. Three feet. Triple threat. We're here recording in my apartment on a Friday. <laughs> Thanks for setting the byline. <laughs> sure. My wife's out of town. <laughs> so anything can happen. You know that that means anything this goes. A, this is a bachelor weekend for me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are you guys going to do for my bachelor party? Uh, no, you don't get a bachelor party. Uh, I'm pretty it's sure That's not I how do. that works. I was going to accidentally give a uh, horse I, some There's cocaine. no strings attached. I know that. Yeah. I don't know about a hall pass, but... Uh... What about the roommate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. She agreed that if I could uh, convince either Leighton Meester or Minka Kelly to become my roommate, that I could sleep with them. Okay. So how's that going so far? I don't not well, but Leighton or uh, Minka, if you're out there, Dan, I'm sorry. The offer's open. Uh, my diagnosis is that you have a latent Meister. <laughs> <laughs> this should have this should have come into play when you were young, and for whatever reason, it just didn't develop until diagnosis this advanced stage. <laughs> anyway, you were saying, Stuart, about Dan's Bachelor weekend. Oh uh, yeah, you know I was gonna, I was gonna trick a bunch of women into Try going to a uh, an all male review and mm-hmm. accidentally have a dude put his wiener in a hot dog bun. <laughs> uh, there would be a donkey show for it, some reason, and no one would yeah. think that was all that weird. Yeah, no, that's normal. And there'd be a punch out in front of a 3D movie. And yeah, is that okay if we do that in your apartment? Sure. And then years later, you would win two back to back Best Actor Academy Awards. Amazing. Sounds great. Let's do it, guys. Okay. All right. Well. That's been the fun. I'll, I'll, I'll get on the horn. <laughs> this is perhaps been the silliest uh, opening that we've had yet. Um, well, we've got to exercise our our hatred for mm-hmm. what we just watched. Exorcise, yeah. exorcise, or exercise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could exercise it. We could like, <laughs> take it to the gym. Get sure. a perfect push up or perfect sit up setup. Sure. <sighs> Patent pending. Valentine's Day. That's what we watched. We watched a movie Cut called Valentine's Day. Now, Seasonal. normally. Knowing the Flophouse, you'd think this was a horror movie based no. around ha- Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah that's nope. what I was kind of led to believe, to be honest. <laughs> like my, my Bloody Valentine. Yes. Day. But no. Oh, yeah. Or uh, April, April Fool's, Fool's Day. Day. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's not Valentine's Day That would be stereo if I 
had the ability to separate the uh, tracks. Okay, wait, should we say it again? But No, it doesn't help. Uh, okay. <laughs> or Arbor Day, input. the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, Uncle Sam? The, that horror movie, Secretary's Day. That horror movie, Secretariat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, so this was a star-studded film. Oh, everyone in it was a star. There were no extras or bit players. Yeah. Everyone was a star. From Kathy Bates... <laughs> to Kristen Schaal. <laughs> to Kristen Schaal, to a mention of Frank Zappa. Yeah. Everyone from Jessica A to Z. Jessica <laughs> Alba to a brief reference of, to Frank Zappa. <laughs> Hector Aliz- Alessandro to <laughs> Elizondo. George Lopez. <laughs> yep. yep. Ran the gamut from Ashton Kutchner... <laughs> <laughs> to Jessica Beals. Everyone from Jamie Foxes. Jamie Foxes to, to Queen Latefka. <laughs> to Anne Halfway. Anne oh. Halfway to Shirley MacRae's. <laughs> from oh, Christopher Grake <laughs> to Brad. What's his name? Uh, Garrett. Brad Garrett. No, it wasn't. Scarrett? Bradley. Tom Scarrett? No, <laughs> it wasn't in that. And ironically, we pronounced Topher Grace's name correctly. But uh, no, this was this was movie. This movie had a lot of uh, Flophouse alums. Yeah, that's right. Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Two, the two Jessicas, Beal and Alba, were in it. Yeah. Powerhouse. Al Beal. Uh, Together they become your, Al Beal. Your, your buddy, Anne Hathaway. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Your pal. As mentioned, my best friend from high school, Anne Hathaway. Maid of Honor. My actual friend, Kristen Shaw, was in it in one scene. Yeah. Oh, who else was in it? Taylor one of the Swift. Few non painful things. Taylor Swift and uh, and Taylor Werewolf from Taylor, the Taylor, Twilight movies. Taylor Lautner. Uh, yeah, another uh, another alum. And also the uh, they we managed to get both Jamie Foxx and Jessica Biel to reprise their characters from Stealth. You think that they were the same characters? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, Stealth was a prequel or sequel. <laughs> To Valentine's Day? Well, it was happening at the same time. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. Men- they didn't mention their past as uh, mem- like members of the military uh, soldiers. So I don't. I think that they probably. Do you enlisted. think it's a prequel? Yeah. Well, also, I don't. There was no indication that there was um, sentient uh, aircraft technology in this film. So that probably was. Yeah, that's a good point. People later. take it for granted. Oh, I also, think. Jennifer Garber and uh, and Pat- <laughs> Patrick Dumpsey was in this. <laughs> There were a lot of stars in this movie. It's uh, McDreamy yeah. and McSteamy were both in it. Yeah. Both of the both of the mix seems like they would have found room for yep. me, Stuart. Oh, and uh, Julia Sloberts. Okay, <laughs> and Julia. That's now right. it's just now it's just Mad Magazine. <laughs> and the guy who looked like Tim Conway but wasn't. Just because I can't pronounce <laughs> Hector Alessandro. It's I not Alessandro. There's no R in his name. Alessandro. Okay. Ugh. And George Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, also in it. Oh, that's funny. Jorge Lopez. <laughs> and some kids. Guy who looked like Tim Conway, but <laughs> wasn't. It was actually how they listed him in the credits, <laughs> yeah. actually. That's his, the name he's listed as, not as a character. That's his actor's name. And then, of course, there was uh, Romeo whatever. The... Well, there was, a, there was a radio personality named Romeo Midnight, who's, who runs the... Drive time through late night shift. He is on air all day. Yeah, he's like Jamie Foxx, who's apparently broadcasting all Valentine's Day related news all day. Yeah, and there was a guy who looked like Matt Frewer, kind of, but it yeah. wasn't wasn't him. 
Do you think that uh, Romeo? It might have been. Do you think I Romeo Midnight was, was well, a we'll celebrity, check it celebrity voice actor? Do you think? I don't we... know because the thing is, there's this movie is so L.A. Yeah. There's so much L.A. in it. You're constantly seeing L.A. sites, like all its ugly buildings yeah. and its terrible places oh, that man. tourists wow. go to. You're and seeing cars. There's I cars. was out, I was out in L.A. this Everyone's summer. Driving. I had such a great time. There's all these sure, tourists. Yeah. There's, I, uh, there's a star. If there's tour. some Hollywood agents aren't listening, Dan. <laughs> no, no. I, if anyone would like me to move out there and write for their television. Show I would love it. Well, I would love it, but I have to say that the preferably one thing... a Mike and Molly type vehicle because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that kind of I have a, something I have, with heart. I do have a lot of fat jokes that I've been looking for an outlet. Fat, fat for. jokes, not cool, dude. Yeah, come on. They can't control normal sized people can't have a romance nowadays on TV. Yeah, does everyone, everyone have to be a toothpick with boobs on them? Yeah. No, but the, if there's one thing I actually enjoyed about this movie, it was revisiting my trip to L.A. It's like, oh, those are places that I have been. This does feel like a travelogue of L.A. At time. Like Gary Marshall was like, well, if I've seen it on a drive sometime, it's got to be in the movie. So there's no, I think the you Hollywood sign and the – oh, sorry. Well, well, this is Gary Marshall. <laughs> no, I'm not so. making my movie Valentine's Day. Elliot's mom is a big fan of my movies. Okay. Well – I mean, it's an impression luckily of not a fan of her son's podcast. <laughs> nope, doesn't listen to it. Doesn't know it exists. Yeah. Okay, I'll try. Much I'll like your do, wife. I'll try to do another Gary Marshall. Hold on. Eh, this is Gary Marshall. Eh. How about that one? Um, it's more of a like a an Igor. Okay, kind well, of what character. about this? Yeah, Gary Marshall saying yeah. Edward G. Robinson. Yeah, I co-created Happy Days. <laughs> yeah, see? No, I don't think so. No, I like that one. I thought that was pretty pretty okay. accurate. Okay, I don't have anything to base it on, but all right. I mean, he is more of like. What uh, about this? What about this? Is it Gary Marshall here? Oh, born in London. So that's more of a James Mason sort of. Uh... I was going for Ronald Coleman. Okay. Okay, you know what time it is, James guys. James Mason would be more like this, I suspect. I would think that this is more of a James Mason. Hey, he always hey sounds tired. <laughs> uh, Joseph A. Banks. James, <laughs> must we, Mr. Kaplan? <laughs> Okay, so, uh, you know, we've been doing some great uh, impressions. <laughs> great voice work. <laughs> some great this voice is, work. Hilarious. This is our this is our reel. We're trying what to do it. Calabunga, dude. I'm Gary Marshall. <laughs> How about that? Sure. Radical pizza. Gary great Marshall. <laughs> you got it. That's uh, who? Benny Crystal? Uh, well, Michelangelo. Yeah. Oh. The Michelangelo. Pa- the painter. The oh, painter the and sculptor. Yeah. Okay. Who loved Gary Marshall movies. Yeah, who? He was known for his Gary Marshall impression. So... You know, I think our audience... Good evening. I'm Gary Marshall. <laughs> right now our audience is like, what's this movie about, Elliot? <laughs> Summarize it. Well, Valentine's Day is in the new tradition that... But you have ev- to tell it in chronological order. I cannot, no, tell, it in, <laughs> cannot tell it in chronological order. <laughs> Valentine's Day is in the new tradition of omnibus movies of interweaving storylines. Mm-hmm. So you've got a bunch your of... Your crashes, your shortcuts. Crash, your, your... shortcuts, Babel... Uh, Nashville's Nashville, except where it's an older one. Where like a Robert Magnolia. Altman would, Magnolia's, mm-hmm. whatever. Where Robert Altman would do it very well, Gary Marshall fails to pull it off properly. Love actuallys. You love actual. You loves actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like Attorneys General Stewart. <laughs> sure. The uh, there's a lot of different weaving stories. They all take place on Valentine's Day, 2010, mm-hmm. uh, and I've assumed the like, sexiest day of the year. Right? Yep. The day when everyone feels the pressure to do something and to have a Valentine. But what do the single people do? Well, mm-hmm. we'll see, right? We saw in the movie. We saw yeah, in the movie, yeah. True. So you have about 400,000 different characters. They all know each other in different ways. 
They all are still getting introduced in the movie about 40 minutes in. <laughs> there's, every time you think you figured out who the characters are, there's a scene with another new character in it. Yeah. And uh, the thing about this movie is like usually your crashes or your babels, they're all about how people who it's, don't know each other. It's babble. Bab- your babsels. Yeah, you're going to you pronounce it wrong. It's babble, I think. <laughs> Any time. Your Alessandros. <laughs> these movies are always about how people who don't know each other. Crash was the one about having sex with car crash victims, That's right? the mm-hmm. first crash. I'm talking about the second crash, the one everyone hated that won Best Picture. They made a sequel to that Crash movie? <laughs> it was called Spader? Crash 2, Crash in It. Okay. And it was about James Spader decides he wants to have sex with a plane. Okay. <laughs> he's through okay. his cars. Cars, he's lost the thrill. He builds an Iron Man suit. Okay. It's pretty good. Unfortunately, it sounds really good. And it won Best Picture, right? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Crash Three, Underwater Crash, where he falls in love with a submarine, has sure. yet to be made. Mm-hmm. It's the screenplay is great. They've not produced it yet. A lot of hard, trouble getting James Spader on board. Sure, because he's so busy doing whatever. MGM's he does. having trouble. He's too busy <laughs> slowly bloating. But, anyway, <laughs> anyway, the thing about those movies is usually it's about people who don't know each other and the way the like. Strange ways that lives intersect, people from different strata of society coming into contact with each other, the strange similarities or differences that people have. No. This is about people who all know each other. They're all related in different ways or friends, and it's still incredibly coincidental and unbelievable that they all happen to meet up with each other on Valentine's Day in different ways. That's the thing. You know, like even in a big town like L.A., like it's such a small world. You keep Mm -hmm. running into all the same folks. They all know each other. Now – it opens it's with the information age, I think. <laughs> yep. Like a social network. Yeah, you just got to take a little tri- side trip from LA to Burbank, go into Disneyland, and what you'll learn is it's a small world after all. Even though it is a. Oh, yeah. LA is a small town where everyone knows each other, even though a cab ride between neighborhoods will cost you about $75 on average. Yeah. Well. So, anyway, the fir- film. What is it o- like Tokyo or something? Yes. <laughs> the film opens with uh, an, a little introductory voiceover by Romeo Midnight, radio star, to explain to us that it is Valentine's Day because the title was not enough context. Uh, Ashton Kutcher then wakes and the up. the ad campaign. I mean, people know what they're getting into. No, people don't. You would buy a ticket with a big question mark on it. <laughs> sure. The ticket's shaped like a heart, though, right? <laughs> no. Well, it is, but it's shaped like an anatomical heart. Okay. People who so actually most people, people think it's a blog. A lot of people thought it was this, one of the Saw movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. People actually ordering tickets for that movie would go to the ticket taker and be like, "I would like uh, one for that movie with all of those stars that are uh, marginally successful, but you put them all together and it, it creates such a such a driving a like gravitational yeah. force." Yeah. Marginally successful those. stars like Julia Roberts. Well, she is Academy Award winner Jamie <laughs> Foxx or Jamie Foxx and, and recording star. <laughs> all right. <laughs> A lot of double threat, triple threats in here. Jamie Foxx, Taylor Swift. Jessica Biel, who's hilarious and beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a double sure. threat right there. Yeah, she's a modern-day Carol Lombard. Uh, that's for the old elderly listeners. <laughs> uh, like Elliot. So Ashton Kutcher wakes up his girlfriend Jessica Alba by proposing to her. She says yes. Who wouldn't? He's a dreamboat. Mm-hmm. He also is a successful florist running a Sienna flower shop. That's the name of it. Okay. Then there, I don't don't try to get me to explain the order because you're intersecting stories. It's very complicated. But you've got Jamie Foxx as a sports reporter for the local news, who also somehow has been hit with the assignment to cover Valentine's Day for mm-hmm. the day. His boss is his boss is Kathy Bates. She has two scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also works with Jessica Biel and Queen Latifah, right? No, Jessica Biel is the 
personal assistant of, oh, right. of a football player played by McSteamy. I don't know his real name. No one does. And, and, McSteamy? Yeah. 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 So, yeah Gareth <laughs> McSteamy. <laughs> Famous Scottish thespian. You have Clan Kellogg. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, – <laughs> so, and Queen Latifah is McSteamy's agent. McSteamy is a professional football player who wants – whose team wants to get rid of him for some reason. I don't remember what it is. And who – Puts off the advances of his sexy neighbors, three sexy ladies who I'm sure would have sex with him. Mm -hmm. Should I reveal what it is? Yeah, why not? Later he announces he's gay. Oh, that's why. He's a gay professional football player, which I'm sure will have no impact on his career later on. Very brave. Anyway, who else is in it? Anne Hathaway is a part-time – Yeah, your buddy. She's Queen Latifah's new assist – or she's a temp maybe who's filling in for Queen Latifah's assistant. I don't know. But she's also moonlights as a phone sex operator Mm -hmm. who gets calls on her personal cell phone and the office phone. At all hours. At all hours of the day. With personalized uh, phone ringtones. Every caller has a personalized ringtone and gets a different accent from Anne Hathaway. Allowing your pal to just show off her full range. Well, yeah, it's like it's a like Peter a, Sellers type role. It's like if June Foray ran a sex line. She, That's like, for all you baby boomers out there, yeah. that June Foray reference. Well, I figured if you could do it, Elliot, <laughs> If June Foray ran a phone sex line, the only voices would be old grandma <laughs> or flying squirrel. Yeah. Hey, big boy. I can't do or it. Or talking Tina, it. the doll from that Twilight Zone yeah. episode. Uh, she, Anne Hathaway, has been going out for a couple weeks with Topher Grace, who works in the mailroom of a building. The same building that everybody else works in. This is like Saved by the Bell where everyone lived in the school and didn't have homes. Everyone sure. kind of lives in their offices. Topher Grace does – put a whole new spin on Saved by the Bell for me, by the way. <laughs> Topher Grace. Imagine them like children. bunking down in the boiler room. They've got like hammocks and <laughs> They've got to hide there and... to make sure that Mr. Belding doesn't find them and kill them. Yeah. It's like the movie Emperor of the North Pole. Wow. <laughs> If they get found, then Mr. Belding hits them with the giant wrench he carries. i got to go back and rewatch that series because I missed so much the first time There's around. There's a lot of subtext there. Anyway. Is that what happened to Miss Bliss? Listen, I have 80 more <laughs> characters to introduce. Good, good morning, Miss Bliss. <laughs> hits yeah. her with a giant wrench. Uh, so Topher Grace has to find something to do for Valentine's Day with Anne Hathaway. He doesn't know she's a phone sex operator. Meanwhile uh, – Ashton Kutcher's best friend is Jennifer Garner, who is going out with Patrick Dempsey, McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't know Patrick Dempsey is married. Ashton Kutcher to find- a non-celebrity, to a non-celebrity blonde lady. Uh, Ashton Kutcher has finds this out because Patrick Dempsey comes to Ashton Kutcher's florist shop because Ashton Kutcher was interviewed on the news by Jamie Foxx and. He, he has to figure out whether he's going to tell his friend that she's dating a married guy. It's basically the whole plot to the whole film, The Dilemma, uh, shut it off to a... To one-eighth, one-fifteenth. One one-fifteenth, yeah, of Valentine's Day. Meanwhile, there's and a... And I mean, it was clearly a really rich vein of comedy mm-hmm. that could have been mined. Yeah. There's a little kid, a young boy, who buys flowers for his teacher, Jennifer Garner, because he has a crush on her. Where does he buy the flowers? Ashton Kutcher's flower shop. Meanwhile, that kid's grandparents were taking care of him because his mother is off somewhere. Shirley MacLaine and Hector, Hector Elizondo <laughs> don't do anything for a while until they find out that years ago Shirley MacLaine had an affair. Hector Elizondo takes this badly. Meanwhile, the girl's babysitter is – is she a high school senior? I don't know. She's either a high school senior or a college freshman. She's Emma Roberts. She's old enough to uh, party is what we're Emma, Julia Roberts' uh, niece, and uh, you may remember her I'm gonna say, as Nancy Drew. I'm going to say clone. Nancy, Nancy I'm going to say her clone that was accidentally wow. let out. Wow. 
She's. Pr- I think she's slightly prettier than Julia Roberts was as a, as a young lady. Wow. Well, there goes Us Weekly's coverage of this podcast. <laughs> okay. There's no. No, way I'm for not. Me to I mean, I'm not. I don't. I'm not. Julia Roberts is. I. I don't find Julia Roberts. She's an unusual so. looking woman. She has a smile that takes up roughly five sixths of her head. And yeah. which is odd because I do find Anne Hathaway attractive. I know who also has it. Her, well, her smile only takes up three fifths of her head. Okay. Anyway, I'm Stuart. Got, still got a lot of plots to get through. <laughs> Those boobs are bigger. <laughs> okay. Well, Anne Hathaway's, but they have faces. <laughs> so this kid's babysitter, Emma Roberts, has decided that this is the day she's going to have sex with her boyfriend for the first time. Mm-hmm. Hijinks ensue. The when, kid's cut, man. When he shows up yeah. in her bedroom, naked, Abs. playing guitar. And her mother walks in on him. Awkward. That is the end of that plot line <laughs> until the end of the movie when she reveals she's not ready to have sex yet. But her best friend, Taylor Swift, who's with Taylor Lautner mm-hmm. the in the movie kid. as she was in life. They don't really have a plot. They just kind of make out and yeah, are in love. I think that they are – yeah. I there's no actual story there. There's no conflict. Like they I start they the movie in love and, and they end the movie in love. Yeah. Meanwhile, what, what other characters are there? Later on – Okay, Topher Grace we, ends we up. We briefly see George Lopez's wife. Uh, oh, George Lopez. No lines. His ninos. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's George Lopez works for Ashton Kutcher. He's just there to, you know, he would be the gay best friend in another film. He's the comic but, relief. If there was a, a if there if there could have been a way for his voice to come out of a Chihuahua's body, they would have done it. <laughs> uh, have I left? Oh, and meanwhile, there's an airplane where Julia Roberts and Bradley Cooper. Yep. Are sitting, are sitting next to each other. She's a soldier on leave from Iraq. Hard to believe, but yes. He is somebody. Somebody wearing a vest. Somebody wear, somebody dressed very well. This yeah. should be a clue for dressed everyone at home. Us. And th- you think, are they going to hit it off? Are they not? He lets her use his chauffeur because she has flown 14 hours from Iraqistan war zone mm-hmm. to L.A. To do something on Valentine's Day. To do Day. something on Valentine's Day. We don't know what it is. Some lucky guy. Yeah. It turns out at the end, the kid who had the crush on his teacher and then finds romance with an Indian girl, that it's her mom. It's his mom. That's like little... a slumdog millionaire. <laughs> the no. very end of the, like no. the end of the movie is Ashton Kutcher uh, finally getting together with Jennifer Garner, who for some reason flies to San Francisco and then back to L.A. It's it not doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of – it's basically just an excuse to have a joke about airport security. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, Bradley Cooper, it turns out, is McSteamy's boyfriend. Oh. oh man! Also, Very believably gay, a, a McSteamy uh, couple. Also, Jessica yeah. Biel is throwing an anti-Valentine's Day party for people who hate Valentine's Day, like her, because she's single. Mm-hmm. She keeps talking about how she's single and she loves candy, uh, and that's why Clearly. she can't get a man when she is gorgeous. But anyway, yeah. she in, in, in pretty good shape. Not not, <laughs> not a chocoholic's body. I can tell you that. She, yeah, and at the end, everyone comes to her party. Even people who we saw as at like the side end, characters in other scenes. Everyone comes to Rick's, which is an Indian restaurant with an anti-Valentine's Day party in it. And, and a wedding. Jamie Foxx shows up. Jamie Foxx and her had a moment together when they fell over and a box of chocolates spilled all over them. Exploded, basically. <laughs> it's funny because she's holding a box of chocolates that's Sexy. probably like yeah. three rows of chocolates by five rows of chocolates. And when it <laughs> spills, like 3,000 chocolates well, come out of like it. It's like the end of uh, Goonies when like they – the the dad tears up the uh, the contract and throws it up in the air, and then you can clearly see like people throwing extra paper on from the the two sides. My favorite of the... one of those is the end of the movie Rookie of the Year, where <laughs> he pitches the ball to the 
pitcher and the to the batter. And the batter hits it really high, and they go to a shot of the ball flying through the air, and you could see at the bottom of the screen the hand throwing <laughs> the ball in the air for the shot. Just very so poorly framed, nice. and they didn't care. It's rookie of the year. Uh, and so Jessica Biel and Jamie Foxx fall in love. Totally. The only people who don't fall in love in this movie are Kathy Bates. Sure. And... And George George Lopez is already in love. He's married with children. Yeah. Queen Latifah intercepts a, no. uh, oh, yeah. a phone sex call and falls in love, presumably. Mc, At, McDreamy goes to bed alone because he is a cheating bastard. Oh, that's right. And Jennifer Garner gets her revenge on McDreamy by being a waitress. She pretends to be a waitress when he's out at dinner with his wife and gives a long monologue about – a uh, dish that involves cutting off a pig's testicles and chopping them up and shoving them up the pig's ass. Yeah. And uh, and there are a lot of wacky reaction shots from other diners. Everyone in the who restaurant. would not like to have that dish. Every or time, some who would. Every time yeah. she says something, people in the restaurant turn and gasp at her. But it's like, just stop being shocked after after the first time. This is. Yeah. And how did, she, how did she pull off this ruse? It she turns apparently projects out, really well, too. Like everyone yeah, in the restaurants. They probably thought it yeah. was like, a, like one of those restaurants where wacky stuff happens, like, mm-hmm. a, like a Jekyll and Hyde club. <laughs> nope. Sure. Her son, her, the son of the host of the restaurant is a student in her class. So that's how she was able to do that. So mm-hmm. he let her fuck over his, his restaurant a little bit. Basically, in order to help her with her revenge plot, he convinced everyone in L.A., because they're all eating at that restaurant, that his restaurant specializes in pig testicle dishes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is exhausting trying to. I think I left out seven or eight you've done, plot you've lines. You've done amazing, by the way. <laughs> yeah. is, We're almost to the end of the time allotted. Just, <laughs> just explaining the plot of this terrible movie, yeah. and it's so fake and dull, and it's like dull and exhausting. It's yeah. exhausting keeping up with it and boring. There's no reward for paying attention to it. Okay. The, There's one funny joke. Yeah. What. This movie is basically just a collection of scenes that are basically unrelated. Um, yep. But were there any scenes at all that were memorable? Uh, well, what, what's the one funny joke that you were thinking of? The one funny joke I was thinking of is that Jamie Foxx is delivering his news story live on the air about McSteamy being a gay football player. Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx is supportive. And he – Jessica Biel is in the studio somehow. I don't know. And when he finishes talking, she starts clapping and then – Kathy Bates looks at her and she stops because there's a live television show still going on. Yeah. Just the idea of so- someone thinking it's okay to clap and then it turns out not to be okay. That was all right. I, I mean, thought that was a funny joke. Yeah, her, her reaction was okay. I, I, I kind of listen. Was, explaining it, it doesn't sound very. Funny. I was vaguely amused by when uh, Topher Grace uh, reconciled with Anne Hathaway. And then after the fact, after him reconciling with her. Oh, that's right. He broke up with her when he found out she was a phone sex operator. Then when he's watching a movie in a graveyard with Hector Elizondo, Mm -hmm. he he finds out that he should forgive her. (laughs) It sounds weird when you say it that way. Look, they're in a cemetery watching a movie. Which is uh, something that happens in L.A. I actually went to it, but anyway. Yeah, because they desecrate the dead. Sure. uh, They have no respect for the people who made the town what it is. But, um, yeah, after they've reconciled, a three-piece band, including uh, a guy with uh, an accordion, uh, <laughs> pop in the door behind Anne Hathaway, uh, uh, behind her em- back. Who's embracing Topher Grace. Yeah, and Topher Grace gives him the uh, cut it motion. Guys get out of here. Guys get, and, like, they all look very disappointed and leave again. And, and something about that kind of made me giggle. That was a funny joke. Stuart, was there anything? That was like a joke you would see in a Muppet movie. Yeah. Uh, nope. 
There's nothing at all. <laughs> nothing you, like. you didn't like any of the different phone sex voices? Or... No, those were okay. Uh, there were the part where the, the part where the teen gets caught naked by I like that. his that girlfriend's was, mother. That's more up my alley. And Although, his... to be honest, I was kind of expecting him to have sex with the mother. <laughs> if this, I was maybe it's because this is of not the amount private of... lessons. <laughs> it might be because of, the... uh, of course it is not, sir. <laughs> it might be because of the amount of softcore porn I know that all three of us have seen. Uh, but there was part of me that was like, oh, well, in that kind of movie, this is the part where he'd have sex with the mother. Yeah. yeah it's like Valley Girl. But also, like, his... Wait, Valley Girl is not... <laughs> his res... No, but there's a sequence like that in Valley Girl, His right? response okay, to that's... her walking out on him is not to say, get out of the room so I can put my clothes back on. It is to keep approaching the mother, who then yells at him to not come near her. Then he runs out of the room covered only by a guitar and then jumps in the conveniently passing after a, car. After a tug of war with a pug. With a pug mm-hmm. named Pushkin who wants to take his boxer shorts. He just... And... He he jumps into the conveniently passing car of his girlfriend. So now he is in his girlfriend's car, nude, holding a guitar. What's going to happen next? Nothing. That's the end of the scene. Everything's fine. They're going to take him down to Hollywood where he's going to <laughs> he's take the, pictures with tourists. He's the new naked cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, this was... Uh... And his girlfriend is not shocked by seeing him naked. So I have to assume mm-hmm. that they haven't had sex, but maybe... They've been giving yeah. each other hand jobs or something. Yeah, of course. That's what the kids do. <laughs> giving each other hand jobs. It's very Rushmore of you. Yeah, we're giving each other hand jobs. <laughs> in a, um, yeah, I was in her car. <laughs> or maybe like dry humping or something. You sure. Know. No, but you, dry That's humping, a, you're usually not. You usually have some clothes on. Well, no, maybe she's clothed and he isn't. <laughs> maybe you know what? <laughs> like they she's like, wearing like she's got like a catcher's. I think thing you know what it is. Is they like to reenact the, the they they like to reenact the cover of the double fantasy album what is where she's fully clothed and he's just naked hanging. He's on her. not clothed, but she is wearing a, like a full like fur suit to sure. just, like, give him more pleasure when she's he's humping on her. <laughs> oh, and also uh, Taylor Swift carries an enormous stuffed bear with her everywhere. Yeah. And there's no scene in the movie that <laughs> couldn't be made better by that bear getting up and walking. <laughs> <laughs> walking around. Walking away. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> this is enough for me. It's a living. <laughs> oh, it's not. A, everyone's bad in the movie except Kristen Shaw, who's very funny in her one scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, a delight. She's a delight as always. And everyone else is not that good, and the movie is not very good. I would say, you know, I'd give your pal Anne Hathaway <laughs> a pass. I she wasn't that bad. She at least like seemed to have some fun that's with her true. stupid voices. Actually, when I say everyone's bad, I'm being I'm being very unfair. There are a few oh, there are a few okay performances. She does the voice. Her timing is really good with the voices, especially. Yeah. Uh, I think actually, Anne Hathaway comes out very well in this movie. I, yeah. That's. I can't say the same thing about this Ashton Kutcher fellow, though. He comes – every scene sounds like he does not know his lines and he's just making <laughs> them up off the top of his head. I also feel like he's like sort of an ill-conceived character in the sense that like I think he's supposed to be like the Valentine's Day fairy. Like he loves romance and he's – Yeah, he's like, Mr. Valentine's and then Day. He, you yeah. know, then he gets sad midway through and, oh, and, his... and the kids in the have to remind him what Valentine's Day Did is Did I mention about. that the fiancé leaves him? I no, might have forgotten okay, that. Yeah. Jessica Alba leaves him because she's not ready to get married. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's pretty intense. She says, I love you, but I'm not ready for this kind of commitment. The answer then is not for them to say, okay, let's put on the brakes and wait a little bit. It is for them to break up. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Well, deep down, he wants to get married. He wants to get engaged that day. And if she That's can't true. give it for him. Oh, Larry Miller is in it too in one scene. Yeah. He comes off okay. Here's the Here's another thing. Larry Miller is uh, is a recalcitrant 
uh, he, he's, or what's the word? He's a reluctant, irascible, uh, irascible guy at an airport ticket counter. Ashton Kutcher needs a ticket uh, so that he can get to the gate to stop Jennifer Garner from getting on a plane mm-hmm. to San Francisco that she's getting on for some reason because McDreamy, her boyfriend who's married, works at a hospital in San Francisco even no, though he who, lives who in L.A. It doesn't make sense. The geography doesn't he's, make sense. He's going off to Grey's Anatomy. Is what yeah, I guess so. But, uh, so Ashton Kutcher needs a ticket. Larry Miller won't sell it to him because that's the desk for oversized luggage, which <laughs> exists somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Larry, But he wins Larry Miller over by telling him that Jennifer Garner is like sunshine. Yeah. Uh, then, then Larry Miller – imagine the typical Larry Miller character. Then imagine that character does a 180 turn. <laughs> hearing as that long as like he sunshine. doesn't get raped by a giant hamster like he did in Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> The uh, that was a family film in which a man is raped by a giant hamster. Sodomized by a hamster. It's also a movie in which the character is a chemistry teacher who manages to turn an animal gigantic and does not become famous or make any money off of this discovery. <laughs> really, you can make a chicken big enough to feed an entire village? Like, why would you? He's, he's, well, the meat is he's overweight. He's, he's overweight, Elliot. No overweight scientist. <laughs> I forgot. There's never been, been a, been a successful overweight person ever. <laughs> yeah. This and, is a great. Dis- uh, in Gremlins two, doesn't a guy get raped by a gremlin? He actually well, seems to. He gives in. He likes it. So it's seems, like a rape uh, fantasy. She is. Yeah. She is very. Uh, it's like the end of. Uh, it's she's like very proactive. Something like it hot. It is sort of like nobody's perfect. <laughs> what were kinda. you gonna say? <laughs> like, don't you fucking say it's like the end of Forty Days and Forty Nights, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't you fucking say it. Okay, and here's what. Here's the thing, and this is just a personal note from my life. Sure. Ashton Kutcher, he's too – oh, he can't wait to go through security. It's taken too long. He took his shoes off already, so he just runs from security to the gate with no shoes on. Mm-hmm. I actually did this once in an airport because I was late for a flight, not and uh, so I didn't have time to put my shoes on. was running through JFK, and I had blisters on my feet for days afterwards. Mm-hmm. So for him I to just – blisters on me fingers. <laughs> so for him to just be unscathed <laughs> running to a gate, I found very unrealistic. Also, the fact that he runs a florist on Valentine's they, Day and he manages to deliver no flowers. Now they the had just the opened the new Hot Coals Concourse <laughs> when you did that, though, Elliot. So that's different. It was one of the most <laughs> depressing moments because I'd get to the end of a hallway and it'd be like, "Okay, the gate has to be at the end of this hallway." I'd turn, just more hallway. Wow, that, that airport is enormous. But anyway, I think this is actually like a nightmare that you had. I don't know. If it was, and then we missed the flight. It was terrible. Oh, man. Uh, that was the first Thanksgiving that I went to meet my now wife, then girlfriend's hmm. parents. I had met them before. This is the first time I was going to visit them for Thanksgiving. Valentine's Day. Air, air travel, am I right, guys? Anyway, but Valentine's Day. Valentine's <laughs> what Day. What I'm saying is it's an unrealistic movie, mm-hmm. and normally it wouldn't grate on me that the characters who have a very specific job are not doing that job. But this time, Ashton Kutcher keeps talking about how he's a florist. He has all these florist jobs. He's got to deliver all these flowers. Never delivers one of his, flowers. One of his employees even calls him the best boss in the world. Yes. Which all, maybe is based on the fact that he's never doing his job. All he and George – he lets everyone goof off. It's just him and George Lopez just running errands. It's like an Empire Records sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. This enormous <laughs> record store where no one does any work or sells any records. Yeah. Just the amount of, um, the amount of like maintenance and backstock they must go through in the stock room is enormous. But yeah. they just don't do that. Yep. It's the Empire Records is the kind of record store where it's enormous. There's lots of customers, but everyone in the store can go hang out in the back room for 15 minutes to talk about. That's why they're going out of business. <laughs> I mean, uh, they can go. Out, they can go put on put on aprons without any clothes. 
They can go shave their heads. Yep. You know, Robin, Robin, the, Robin Tunney. Hang out on the roof and take their bras off. Yep. Yep. I don't remember the movie that well. Glue, glue, glue quarters to the ground. Take all the take all the money from the till and take it to Vegas. I don't <laughs> These know. Are all things that happen in all. Empire Records. <laughs> <It's> terrible movie. <laughs> Thanks for making me relive it. Yeah. Awful movie. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'd much rather just be watching the Great Bikini Off Road Adventure. <laughs> well, who wouldn't want to watch the Great Bikini Off Road Adventure? Me, uh, you know. think, uh, there's it has so a, many has a hilarious that Japanese tourist character. <laughs> yep. And number one, Willie Tarsalt. Number one, Shaman. <laughs> Well, it has, a, it yeah. has the girl who can't keep her top on. She keeps losing it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a dumb. It's it. That's a it takes movie. a real genius to say you. They've made topless bikini movies. They've made movies about mystic Indians. <laughs> Have, has there ever been a topless bikini movie yeah. with a mystic Indian in it? I guess what we're saying is, all you couples out there, if you want a little romance <laughs> this Valentine's there's Day, there's a little movie. <laughs> there's a movie called <laughs> the, the Great, Great Bik- Bikini Off Road Adventure, no, and there's no off road adventure in the movie. Yes, that's... they're just giving off road tours. Yeah. yeah, it uh, it should be called the Great Bikini Tour Company. What? But what they're trying bikini to do tour is, guides. The name is right there. They're they're trying to draw more like the people who are off road adventure enthusiasts mm-hmm. into potentially watching it, and then you know because they might not people be like interested off road adventure. Because you, you're like saying bikinis. that that yeah. there are, isn't enough of a Lauren Hayes fan community, sure, to support that movie. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What did I tell you, audience? A lot of softcore viewing in this. Okay, in this well, let's wrap this segment up uh, with our final judgments. Was this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you actually kind of like, Stuart? You're looking at me weird. <laughs> I'm um, coming on to you because uh, it's Valentine's okay. Day. Okay. It's not Valentine's and, Day. Uh, uh, no, it is because they're going to listen to it on Valentine's Day, right? That's what Are they? I mean, we, we, it means you would have probably going to be released tomorrow. <laughs> you would have held, held on to this recording for like 10 days. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Um, Just so it would drop on the uh, right day. Yeah, you need maximum exposure. Um, That's a good movie too, maximum exposure. (laughs) This movie was... The Nakedest Ladies on film. (laughs) This movie was a bad, bad movie. Um, There was, I mean, yeah, there was so many people in it and so many stupid little (laughs) storylines. so many people. uh, Yeah, it just wasn't... I I hate movies with so many people I mean, I will give it credit that it, it went pretty quickly and theoretically, like... Give me if, a movie like Secret Honor. Now, there's a perfect movie. Just one guy. <laughs> or Bug. <laughs> just two people. Uh, so, I think yeah. three or four in Bug. Oh, yeah, that's true. Some minor characters. I mean, I guess if you're one of those guys who's like, oh, my girl always wants to watch these stupid movies. It, I guess this isn't that bad because it moves along pretty quickly. And and although it is over two hours long. Guys. Yeah, but that gives you plenty of time to try and, uh, you know, cut a hole in the bottom of your popcorn thing <laughs> uh-huh. to put your wiener through. Or yawn and put your arm around her shoulder. Yep. Sure. Or uh, or try and sneak your hand up her sweater. Okay. And then when she gets mad, you just one? be like, baby, I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually <laughs> I actually said to Danielle today when I told her that uh, uh, that we were seeing this, I said, why is it that I've seen no uh, – the, the person who's supposed to make me see cheesy romance movies doesn't make me see any of them. But Dan and Stuart make me see so many of them. <laughs> yep. I hold you down. <laughs> Uh, I thought this putting was putting the moves on you. I thought this Clearly. was a good movie. Uh, I Whoa. really enjoyed it. <laughs> Turn around. No, I thought it was a bad, bad movie. It's this is one of those movies where the the whole time I'm watching it, I cannot help but think about the money that went into making it yeah. and how much of a waste that they could have made eight good movies for the price of this one movie, probably. Yeah. Yeah, you've 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 said it all. There's nothing else I need to say. <laughs> it's a bad, bad movie. I don't I don't need to justify it to you people. <laughs> wow. Turn, turn, wow. turn angry. Are you okay? No, Seems like you really took that one to heart. 
Well, Sarah's out Valentine's of Day hard? <laughs> A little tough for me. You heard Dan. It's hard for him when his wife's out of town. So if anyone wants to call him, just mm-hmm. keep him company. Sure, yeah. have some private lessons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know of a sex phone number you can call. Where ski school they two. Have if a, anyone wants to ski school two, they me. have a southern woman, a Russian woman, <laughs> and a uh, what other voices does she do in this movie? Was it southern Russian? Uh, she, at one point, she's talking about being a cat. No, that's, well, that's not a, that's that not was, a nationality. Uh, that was southern. That was the southern voice. Okay, no cats a nationality. <laughs> no, it's I don't an ethnic think so. Group. All right. Well, um, I have a <laughs> a lot of letters, huh? I have a bursting, a bursting belly. <laughs> I'm bursting Flophouse movie yeah, minute. Like it's alive. Movie movie mailbag uh, tonight, and uh, so there was a there were a lot of responses to the issue of um, uh, staying on topic versus oh. <clears throat> going tangents. Tangents. And, well, we uh, stayed on topic for a lot of this one. Yeah. How did everybody like it? Tangents. We got a. Uh, there's there's too much to get into detail, but I'm gonna run down. Yeah, give us a summary. I'll give you a bunch of them at I once. I think I was here. talking so hard that I knocked my microphone aside, wow. just through pure talking. Wow, the I'm power sure. Power of your voice. It probably picked me up. I'm pretty loud. Um. So okay, we got one that says the last few shows have been great. You should not st- stick to discussing these shitty films. The pop culture free association is what makes the show. Also, please keep the Flophouse house cat around. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> it's cool, Flophouse house cat. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Max. Fan favorite. Max Power, Parmerstan, Eastern Europe. That's obviously a pseudonym. Um, no, it sounds like a real name. Uh, my humble opinion that the off-topic chatter is a staple of Flophouse. Uh, it composes the heart and soul of the program. And without it, all that would be left is a desiccated husk. Please keep making funny hook references. That's from Sean. My <laughs> references to the movie hook or to Dan's hook hands? <laughs> Either one, I think. Um, we got one who Bang says, rang. If anyone doesn't like the rambling tangents, they should go listen to a serious podcast about bad movies, which is a podcast that should in no way exist. Um, but that besides, it's very judgmental. Ouch. If not for the fun filler, lists, cat noises and size, and celebrity name dropping, cat noises, rest size discussions. <laughs> Lists ask accusations of Dan's homophobia. Please, let's not. <laughs> That's get that a key going. point. Desiccated no. husk, no. Dan. Without that, recommendations for invisible werewolf movies <laughs> and lists. The podcast uh, for movies like one ten thousand BC would last five boring minutes. Yeah, says Brian. The only no uh, mention of I realize no mention of Rocket Crocodile in the world of tomorrow. Well, that was that was pretty recent. <laughs> That's true. That's a new thing. The, the people are still trying to wrap their brains around that. <laughs> it's, it's like Inception. Yeah, <laughs> the one. The one sort of uh, iffy uh, response is from John, last name withheld, who says, You guys suck. While listening to a Flophouse episode last year, it occurred to me that the domain wordsoundlikeeachother.com is available <laughs> and maybe more appropriate home for your show. Burn. So. Accurate zing. <laughs> awesome. I think that we I deserve that. <laughs> Considering we did, we did a long bit at the beginning of this where we were deliberately mispronouncing the, name, the names of the actors, that's a very fair slam. I mean, well, I think that it's incumbent upon the fans of the Flophouse, someone to buy the domain wordsoundlikeeachother.com and make that into a fan site. Do it. I think that's a great idea. So, mm-hmm. uh, or, and balls if, in your court, Flophouse Nation. And if flophousefan.com is not taken, you should probably take that, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Swim fan. <laughs> Aqua fan. Aquafan was taken. Turned out it was an yeah, underwater we sex website. <laughs> so, With one posting that said, underwater sex. Anyone tried this? So, uh, the answer is yes. 
So we have some other ones here. Oh, more letters. I love it. Bring uh, them on. I got one from Andrew, last name with help. You're, you're just writing these, right? No, these are actual human beings. No, this is a real letter. Dear Dan, you're the best. <laughs> I think you're great. Your voice sounds like you're well endowed in the penis department. <laughs> Love Dan. I mean, someone else. <laughs> Love Dan McCoy. Last name withheld. P.S. When you read my letter, do a stupid voice. <laughs> no, this, uh, is, uh, <laughs> this is from Andrew, last name withheld. And it says, You're doing it now. It says, Dearest Dan, Stuart, and Elliot. Dearest? I only discovered the Flophouse around last August or so and have been slowly going back through earlier episodes as my busy schedule allows. Lately, though, I've run into a problem. Since the introduction of the Flophouse housecat, <laughs> I keep <laughs> I keep anticipating his, tra- his trademark yowl. My skin goose pimply with anticipation at that vaunted caterwaul. My brow moist with anxious sweat at his eventual bursting onto the scene. Did you write this letter, Dan? No, no. <laughs> this is a fan. <laughs> Fucking Flophouse Housecat's writing his letters, man. What the fuck? My problem, I now find, though, is that this Pavlovian response you have so carelessly instilled in me can never be sated by these earlier episodes. No matter how jocular Are you saying we need to do a Flophouse special edition where well, we insert... Hold on. I am constantly on the listen for that patented howl and constantly disappointed when it never arrives. I propose a simple task on your part. Go back and re-edit the 60-some-odd episodes the Flophouse, uh, previous to the Flophouse Housecat's invention, including the movie minutes, so that his presence may be known within them. I expect this to be accomplished no later than March 1st of this year. Wow, not a lot of time. Thank you for your time and consideration. Well, Dan, the gauntlet has been thrown down. I will see if the house cat is available. Yeah, we I have to do a feeling. Foley session for uh, this. <laughs> uh, if I recall, he's currently unemployed, but he's got some prospects. We gotta do. It's gotta be like the Star Wars special editions, where it's just as as fake and irritating as possible. Doesn't make sense. The house cat is just interrupting people. Or like the like the farting track on uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Yes, <laughs> just a bunch of fart noises. Uh, I'm glad the Flophouse Housecat is taking off so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll be really happy <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. you tell him. When you relay that. Yeah, message. I mean, he's he's he went to the other room when <laughs> we're not watching the movie. It's weird, Stuart. You and he have a kind of Bruce Wayne Batman relationship. You're the only one who can get in touch with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. Yeah, it's like it's like, I'm also it's like a, Spider-Man uh, taking photos genius. of uh, uh, yeah, no, when, when Peter Spider-Man Parker takes taking... photos of Peter Parker. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what, a great, what a great story that'd be, that would be a great in a world where Peter Parker is famous <laughs> and Spider-Man is just trying to make a living and just selling lots of pictures of Peter Parker. Oh man! And no one knows the two are the same. Man, you got a, you've got an in over, you've got that, an yeah. in over at Marvel. Why don't you? Uh... I'm, I'm working on something for them right now. Oh man! I'll, I'll pitch them that story. That sounds great. That's like such a, that's such a 1950s DC storyline <laughs> where a world where Spider-Man and Peter Parker are flipped. Yeah. Everyone loves Peter Parker, but what about me, Spider-Man? You heard it here first, man. This could be a classic story in years to come. Yeah. <laughs> yep. When kids are riding around on hoverboards, they'll remember when they heard about the flop. They'll remember Dan McCoy misspeaking and Elliot being there. Spinning it into comic gold. <laughs> yep. So uh, this is a long letter. So let's uh, okay. Let's sorry. I'll try. I'll try to get over the best letter ever written, which we just read. So <laughs> this uh, this better one... than any of the letters that make up the original Old Testament or sorry, New Testament. Wow, <laughs> that's right. I said it. 
This one is from Ainsley, last name withheld. That was our Flophouse is Bigger Than Jesus moment. So, And uh, <coughs> and Ainsley says, Allow me to begin by saying that I love your work. Longtime listener, first-time emailer. I'm writing to strongly suggest a film for review by your esteemed podcast. In episode 38, dated Saturday, May 20, <laughs> 2009, you tackled the Disney release Beverly Hills Chihuahua. At the urging of one Stuart <coughs> Wellington. <laughs> I commend yeah, you for approaching fault. the film with your usual grace, poise, and forthrightness. As, but as our nation stands on the precipice of valuable social change, I urge you to take the risk and make the sequel, Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2, the subject of an upcoming episode. With the tagline, the family just got bigger, it's clear that this film is a subversive, nuanced attempt to investigate one of the more inflammatory issues that our country is facing, dog marriage. While both Republicans and Democrats contest the pros, cons, and ultimate long-term results of gay marriage, one thing conservatives have always made clear is that legalizing marriage between same-sex couples will lead to the disintegration of the traditional family dynamic with its bed-death, resentment, and 50% divorce rate. His attorney and noted conservative David Gibbs III <laughs> expressed in 2009. David Gibbs III? Not David Gibbs III. <laughs> but David Gibbs III, who's a clone or a robot of some kind. Uh, game, <laughs> as, as noted conservative, R34 bot. bot. <laughs> well, he said that gay marriage would lead to total interspecies matrimonial anarchy, resulting in the question, maybe people will want to marry their pets or robots. I'm not addressing the robot issue. I feel that Wall-E, a superb film by Pixar, adequately dispelled any myths about the love between robots being repugnant. Mr. Gibbs' statement has been snatched up by the rabid right and used as their shield to deflect the arrows of progress. A dog's right to marry, may it be another dog, or an interspecies union with a human, isn't something to be used as mere fodder for bigoted rhetoric. Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2 director Alex Zam, (laughs) whose previous releases include Dr. Doolittle, Million Dollar Mutts, and the pooch and the pauper. Oh, so he's typecast as a dog director. Yeah. Has evidently been a longtime closet supporter of animal love, be it eros or agape. I hope that you three will do the right thing and pick up the same mantle as Mr. Zam by confronting the issue head on. Review Beverly Hills Chihuahua Two and allow your listeners to judge for themselves. Is dog marriage so wrong? And anchor uh, babies. They have anchor babies, right? Because uh, they're from Mexico. <laughs> yeah, anchor puppies. Anchor puppies. I'm going to abridge a what little bit. What if they had a human baby, though? Wouldn't that be fucking crazy? <laughs> That's not how things work. <laughs> but, no, but what if it happened? <laughs> Can two dogs take care of it's a like human a baby? It'd be like a Mowgli. But Mowgli was, uh, was a you know, cast off. Wait, he, he abandoned. Wait, he wasn't. It didn't... wasn't Baloo's child. I thought Baloo and uh, King Louie had a baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. I want to be like you. But anyway, just, uh, just, no, just skip to the end here. Uh, if you feel that this film is unendurable, may I suggest Purple Rain in its place? Chances are it's more or less the same movie anyway. Respectfully yours. And she says, uh, allow this to sway your opinion. Aren't they cute? And she includes a picture, which I'm now showing to the other members of the Flophouse. Okay, this is Elliot's expression. Imagine um, sexual confusion. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it would help with if you, intensity if you first described what the photo was to oh, it that I'm showing. The photo is of uh, d- two dogs. Yeah. One is dressed up very nice. <laughs> there are two dogs getting married. Yeah, there's a dog. Oh, that's yeah. what they're There's doing. a dog that appears to be in black tie, and there's a dog in a, in a wedding dress. And uh, they, they, they seem to be very happy. Oh, yeah. I think they'll have a very happy life together. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if they understand the uh, commitment that they're making. <laughs> the Who really does? Who really does? Yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, if, if adorableness is any uh, indication of a successful marriage, then it I isn't. Think that will be. <laughs> All right. So what do well, you think? We can... Well, that was a well-reasoned and well-thought-out letter. Yeah, uh, as to why we should watch Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. Put more work into that than we put into our podcast, so <laughs> yeah, I probably. thank you. Um, hmm. Well, that's a better argument than what we usually do, which is Elliot eats chicken and I <laughs> shout uh, and give thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh-huh. I usually eat chicken and then I say what movie wormy is boners up or down, actually, usually. <laughs> yep. I do talk about wormy boners, too, but... um. Yeah, no, yeah. You usually just pick the. We usually just pick the shortest movie that's yeah. available. Mm-hmm. Not tonight. <laughs> no, tonight we picked the, that most, was the longest. Fault. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to be a little more topical or seasonal, if you will. Well, so we couldn't watch like Groundhog Day. It's a great movie. Uh, it doesn't fit within the purview of the flop. I just yeah. like watching it. Okay. Well, we can do that, but I don't. We shouldn't do a podcast mm, about it. At a, well, let's say at a future date, we may watch Beverly Hills Chihuahua too. Who knows? Okay. Sure. Yeah. We need to Unlike see those dogs, I'm not ready for the commitment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Do you, would the Flophouse house cat have a problem with us watching another dog-based movie? It would be. Uh, I mean, I'd have to ask him. Once again, he's not here. It's, it's really wow. strange. You've gotten, you are really teasing there's so, many, so many fan letters, and you will not relent. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what's the next part of the? We, we need to look at. We need to find a cat-based uh, Flophouse movie, though. Yeah. Just to, well, we could watch The Return to, of Pussy Galore. Mm-hmm, the Return true. of Kitty Galore. Kitty Galore. Dogs yeah, and be. Cats 2. Mm. Return of Kitty Galore. They're like real spies, only furrier. Only, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> only furriers. <laughs> yep, they're in the <laughs> they fur business. They work as furriers. So what do we do now at this point? We talked about the movie, listened to well, letters. Recommendations. Now we recommend movies that we actually saw and enjoyed. Clubhouse has cat. Yeah, he likes this part. Uh, <laughs> so, does anyone want to kick it off? Anyone? I can if you man? want me to. Mm. I mean, it sounds like okay. Yeah, you he's go. Literally raring. No, Ellie can go. I will quickly. Uh, I am recommending two movies as one unit. <sighs> as one unit. Uh, Johnny Toe's uh, series Election and Election Two, or as it was released in the United States, Election and Triad Election. Mm-hmm. Uh, two movies about um, Triad gang. They're electing a new chairman. There's trouble in the ranks. Uh, taken at each movie by itself is okay, uh, and together they make one kind of like nicer, longer saga of uh, gangster stuff. And there's a little bit of violence and uh, a lot of uh, conniving. Awesome. Violence and conniving sounds great. Uh, I saw several movies that I actually uh, enjoyed. God damn it. <laughs> no, no, briefly. Briefly, I saw I, – I, I liked uh, me and Orson Welles. Uh, I think that it suffered from having uh, Zac Efron as the main character, but it had a good actor as Orson Welles. And if you like uh, Orson Welles or uh, the, history, the history of uh, of the American stage, you might enjoy <laughs> me and Orson Welles. I also watched a movie called Infestation, which was a surprisingly awesome. good <laughs> B, uh, movie about uh, giant bugs. But uh, the movie I'm going to recommend is uh, Easy A, which I, uh, you know, I have a weakness for both horror films and teen comedies. And what they have in common is many of them are terrible. Uh, But Easy A, I enjoyed. It suffers a little bit from uh, Diablo Cody disease where everyone's a little too clever. They sound a little too much like each other. But uh, but it's, uh, it's generally pretty good. Emma Stone is very good, funny in it. Uh, Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson are very good as her parents. 
and um, and oh, she's the one. That, she's the one from Zombieland. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it has a like I kind of liked it. It had a better, it had a more nuanced sort of uh, view of uh, uh, teen sex and uh, sexuality, and than like a lot of these comedies do, where it's either like so some, it's either something like not to be worried about at all, or it's like really chaste and moralizing, like American Pie Eight. Yeah, naked in the class or something like that. Yeah, it's neither. It's neither. <laughs> That's actually one hundred percent accurate, there, Elliot. It's naked by ten, head in the class. It's neither treated as nothing or like the most important thing in the world. Ah, uh, yeah. And so I liked it for that. Stuart, what do you have to say? So it's like a movie version of the TV show Skins. It's like Just a movie a penetrating version. look at at life as a teen. It's like a movie version of a uh, real life rational <laughs> human beings. Mm, I don't know. I want to recommend a little movie uh, that's, I would say, a good bad movie. Mm. A movie called mm. Frozen. Uh, it's a movie directed by Adam Green, director of another movie I recommended, Hatchet. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't, I can't get behind that recommendation. No, <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't get on your case for recommending stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> so wow, sassy. <laughs> Uh, Flawless. So, (laughs) finish him. Uh, I will finish him with the rest of my recommendations. 250 point zing combo. uh, Frozen is a movie about uh, three college kids who get stuck on a chairlift. And uh, they get stuck on a chairlift at a Connecticut ski resort. Mm -hmm. And that closes down on a Sunday night and then won't reopen until the following Friday for some reason. (laughs) And uh, they get stuck up there and it's like this chairlift is super fucking high. And, uh, you know... Well, I mean, and they're it's called, also it's they're called, called wolves for some reason. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, it's hilarious. There's the the most aggressive man eating wolves just roaming around. I guess they're the security force of this fucking <laughs> ski resort. It is a Nazi ski resort. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Uh, and there's some good gross out bits, and uh, yeah, it's pretty stupid. I so should watch it. I should mention in the second of the election movies, a man does chop up another man with a meat cleaver. So, okay. in case that makes people more want to watch it. Yeah. So, Elliot gets second best for the recommendations <laughs> wow. today. Jeez, I now I that we're keeping track. Turned you guys against me. Okay. And does the Flophouse house cat have anything to recommend? <laughs> Caterwauling, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what do we do now? Uh, now we sign off, guys. Okay. We sign off, guys? <laughs> yeah. We sign, <laughs> sign off on guys. Good idea. Good idea, everyone. That sounds like a teen sex comedy. Sign off, guys. Sign off on guys. Sign off yeah. on guys. I want to wish everyone out there in Flophouse Land yep. a very happy Valentine's Day. Yep. Better than the movie Valentine's Day. Spend it with your loved ones. <laughs> wow, creepy. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day for me, Stuart. <laughs> very scary. <laughs> All right, well, good night, everyone. I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart. And I am still Elliot, Kalen. (laughs) See ya. Happy Valentine's Day. It was like, this movie is a giant valentine to my penis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A giant valentine to valentines. Oh yeah, that's better.
erase mine. I'll take Dan's. <laughs> use, use Dan's. That's you know what? what? I put, put that quote on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> Not a giant Valentine to my penis. Stuart Wellington, The Flophouse. My favorite, my Day, favorite Gary poster. Marshall film. My, my favorite poster quote lately when I opened up the DVD box of uh, Dead Heat that I own, <laughs> and uh, the the liner notes <laughs> as a poster, box. and it says. <laughs> Like it says, <laughs> I opened uh, up the box for a collision course, which I own. <laughs> it says these two cops have to solve the biggest murder case of their careers, their own. Oh, <laughs> oh, because they die. Because they're zombie cops. Yeah, that's Roger Mortis is one of the characters' names.